You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site now. I've got for you a double dose of rankings there, the free agency rankings, top 50 overall players by position. We do the same thing with the NFL Draft Big Board, so check those out. Those will be updated as we get closer to both. And here on Locked On Fantasy Football, we are breaking down the offseason, previewing it for all these teams. Uh, no too big of moves made yet. We already broke down the Matthew Stafford-Jared Goff trade and uh, the Carson Wentz trade as well. So we expect a few more of those, including Deshaun Watson. We'll pop in when those happen here. But we know things are going to rev up here as we get close to the middle of March and when the league year opens there the legal tampering period there, heading into the March 19th signing. So we'll get into all that. Here we're rolling along with our Seasons in Review podcast and then looking forward to some of these teams. So we're on the AFC South. That's our current division. Again, we've covered a lot of teams here in the past. So if you want to check out any of the 18 previous teams we've done, do that. We've done the Texans and Colts. That would mean the Jaguars are up next in the AFC South. We will uh, turn our attention next to the NFC South. So we will tackle those teams after we get through the Titans. So, yeah, in depth here, we want to see what's going on. There's been some changes on these teams that we want to keep up with. Well, we know the Jaguars are full of those changes. So I'm excited to talk about them. A lot of things still going to be different from them for this uh, Urban Meyer era that's about to begin. So excited to talk about that team. I think they have a lot of potential here to build and actually some better than you expected uh, fantasy football success in 2020. So we'll look at 2020 for the Jags and look ahead to a very exciting uh, hype-filled 2021 so far. All right, so Jacksonville, let's start with uh, their quarterback production from last year. We know it's not going to be the same. Gardner Minshew, he gave us the Minshew mania, and while it lasted in reality and fantasy football, we enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, but he went 1-7 as a starter last year. You look at the numbers, actually, overall, he was at 26th, so well off the QB1 and uh, off the QB2 radar, 18.3 points per game, however. So he started half the season, he got uh, hurt, he got benched for Mike Glennon and Jake Luton here, but 18.3, that actually put him 16th. So was a very high-end QB2 when in there, not far off a 12-14 and 14 team league starting status with his production. So yeah, anytime you get close to 19, you're going to be in that borderline conversation. And Gardner Minshew certainly was there. 16 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. They put in uh, the other guys, uh, Glennon Luton, for the other 8 games. 9 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. So Minshew was clearly better than those guys. If you would played a full season here, you're looking at 32 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 
about uh, 4,500 yards from Gardner Minshew. That's pretty darn good. He was uh, pretty active as a rusher as well, 153 yards rushing and a TD there. So he was not totally a statue. He could move around, make some plays when needed, extend plays, get the ball downfield. So you probably are thinking that the Jaguars were not very relevant in terms of fantasy football production quarterbacks. So the big thing we know, they're moving on from uh, Doug Marone and this uh, stuff that they did last year with Urban Meyer. The offensive coordinator is now Daryl Bevel. Remember him? Formerly of the Seahawks and the Lions. He transitions away from Detroit as he's replaced there by Anthony Lynn. He comes in and replaces um, Gruden, Jay Gruden, that is, and Doug Marone. And so big, big changes here in Jacksonville under Urban Meyer. So interesting hire that Daryl Bevel, an established pro there, versus uh, going to college ranks for someone that Urban Meyer was more familiar with. So, for sure, there's some upside. Minshew, really, I would keep him as a backup. I mean, I think he's going to be a high-end backup for a long time in this league. And we know who's coming. It's Trevor Lawrence. So, Trevor Lawrence is in a very good situation to produce right away. We saw Justin Herbert come in and produce as a QB1, as a rookie. Joe Burrow was a borderline there while he was healthy for the Bengals and was effective at times. So Lawrence is that good of a player. I mean, he's got kind of the pedigree of Joe Burrow there and Justin Herbert, a very good athlete, can throw the ball around the park. He's a national championship guy. He's pro ready, one of the best prospects we've ever seen. So we're excited about the prospects of Trevor Lawrence possibly creeping in to the QB1 backdoor conversation because of how bad this Jaguars defense is and still being in a bit transition. Yeah, so. That's a pretty high floor when you step in. I mean, again, it probably would shock people to think that Minshew was on pace for 32 TD passes last year, but that was certainly the case. So very strange, probably part of the reason why why Marone and Gruden were dismissed. They wanted to play these other guys. Glennon and Luton went combined 0-8. Minshew was only 1-7, but hey, he got them a win at some point. He was actually way back in week one where he had that. So he was way better than these dudes, uh, 6.9 yards per attempt only, but much better than Glenn Luton. So you can figure that they're going to have a YPA of 7.5, somewhere there with Lawrence in there. And I would expect Lawrence to come in right away and start every game. There's no reason you'd want to ease him in there. And there's no way that it's going to be anyone other than Trevor Lawrence there. There's some rumors and things out there that Jaguars aren't completely sold. If they don't take Lawrence... It's pretty bad. I get it. Zach Wilson for BYU has a lot of upside, but seeing Lawrence at Clemson, I mean, this kid is a generational talent, special Andrew Luck type vibe from him. You've got to get him. And it's a pretty good situation, as we'll discuss going forward with the Jacks. Now, the greatest thing that happened for the Jags there in 2020 was the undrafted free agent James Robinson. People were like, uh, what are they doing? Moving on from Leonard Fournette. They knew exactly what they're doing. This kid from Illinois State, I liked him as a runner in college, but he was a sleeper, and I was really shocked that he wasn't drafted. But he proved everyone wrong who passed him. He was the workhorse. He was one of the most consistent forces in fantasy football here. Number seven in overall half-point PPR scoring, 16.1 points per game. In terms of the average, that's eighth. So however you slice it, he was... They're a RB1 right smack in the middle. And someone you could trust week in and week out. Now, he had a high floor with his production. 
He ended up with 1,414 yards from scrimmage and 10 combined touchdowns. That's solid. And he, I think he had really only two bad games that you would qualify that you were disappointed in what he did because he would either find the end zone or rack up some yardage. But it's pretty incredible that they didn't really use Chris Thompson or anything else as much as he thought in the passing game. 49 catches on 60 targets for 344. So he was every bit the workhorse. And if he was on a better team, I mean, keep in mind that he was running a lot and catching passes on a trailing team and being productive. So if this offense gets a little bit better, James Robinson is going to get more work. That's pretty good. And this was in 14 games, folks, that he missed a couple games and still put up those numbers. So, yeah, James Robinson was special. The way he ran, good moves, uh, took every yard that was there, and not a very good team. To do that on a bad team really tells you that he can get it done. And we know Daryl Bevel, the history there, has been pretty good to running backs. I mean, he helped DeAndre Swift last year have a pretty good year t- coming on there for the Lions in the second half, another rookie. Then in uh, Seattle, he helped some other guys be productive that we didn't expect. But you look at uh, Bevel, Marshawn Lynch days, it's usually good for the running back with Bevel in there. So Robinson, good hire for him. And again, having Lawrence and uh, some greater ability to stretch the field, open things up, uh, should help uh, Robinson overall be a productive all-around back. And there's no reason to think that they won't keep him in a feature-type role. Maybe cut into his touches a little bit to keep him fresh, but 289 touches in 14 games. That's well over 20 here, so that's what you're looking for in 2021 as well, and I think we'll get it from James Robinson. Okay, so there's a look at uh, what they did at quarterback and running back in Jacksonville last year and uh, what it could be going like in 2021 we need to still look at wide receiver tight end kicker defense we'll get to all that and then we'll set up the jaguars off season here with urban meyer and what they can do uh, beyond trevor lawrence we'll do that in our next two segments but first i got to tell you about bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but nba college basketball and the nhl are in full swing bet online even covers awards tv shows and reality tv Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Good time to do so with March Madness around the corner. You want to get into it, NBA playoffs after that, NHL playoffs. So a lot of good action going forward with BetOnline that is going to take you there. Just head to the website, betonline.ag, or use a mobile device to sign up today. And receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOCKED on there at Bet Online. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to uh, take a look at the Jaguars uh, mixed bag at wide receiver from 2020. All right, so we've uh, taken care of a look back at the quarterback and running back production of the Jaguars. So let's uh, examine wide receiver. Before we do that, I got to tell you today on the Locked On Today podcast, two top teams in the NBA's Western Conference battled out before the All-Star break. Will the Suns and Lakers meet again in the Western Conference Finals? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it wasn't that great for these receivers, for sure. Part of it is the quarterback iffiness here. Part of it was DJ Chark was hurt. So let's look at the numbers here. 
let's uh, break it down this way for you. Half point PPR. In terms of uh, points per game, 9.8 for Chark. He was 42nd. 9.2 for LaVisca Cheneau, the rookie from Colorado, 46th. And Keelan Cole was 64th in that number. Now, when you break them down individually, overall, scoring uh, with that uh, number of 9.2 and being available for most of the game, LaVisca Cheneau was 47th. Then it was Keelan Cole at 48th. And... Uh, you had DJ Chark at 49. So straight down the line, these guys finished well off the wide receiver three radar. They're more wide receiver fours, obviously, with those numbers, wide receiver fives. So, again, he was definitely disappointing. If you drafted DJ Chark, you did not uh, get the return on your investment, partly because he wasn't healthy for most of the year. But, I mean, Chark was one of the sure things there the previous season with Minshew and he was one of the great revelations and breakout players, but last year just couldn't stay on the field. Uh, missed uh, three games last year. wasn't completely healthy for the ones he was in there. Fifty-three catches on ninety-three targets, seven hundred six and five for him. You look at uh, what Keelan Cole did: fifty-five catches on eighty-eight targets, six forty-two and five. So he'd be a flash in the pan. He would have a few big games, but then disappear for different games. So that's very uneven production. But Chano. I think these numbers might surprise you that at the end, he only started 12 games, but caught 58 balls for 79 targets, 600 yards and 5 TDs. So really got near Chark and Cole in terms of the yardage, but he also uh, had the five touchdowns. Now, he's a field stretcher. They need to get some things down the field. And this is something telling here that you had Chark averaged 13.3 yards per catch, Cole 11.7, LaVisca Chanel 10.3. So... Really, you could see that their inability to stretch the field hurt these guys because they had to get a little bit of volume and be a little touchdown dependent to get their numbers versus being able to use those 50-plus uh, catches for bigger yardage here. So I think Chark could definitely bump that up near 14. Cheneau could be a 13-catch guy, and we'll see about Keelan Cole. He mainly worked the slot here. So Cheneau definitely showed a lot of promise here in uh, terms of what he could do for this offense. And being a key target going forward with the quarterback change here. You had Chris Conley here. He had uh, 40 catches for 471 and 2. And uh, Colin Johnson, 18 catches, 272 and 2. So I'm excited about Colin Johnson as well. Maybe seeing a bigger role. But Cheneau certainly could carve out a consistent role opposite Chark in this one as they maybe uh, upgrade or change uh, from their slot options in the new offense. Keep in mind, Daryl Bevel, we've seen... The slot succeed in the past. Uh, Doug Baldwin for the Seahawks that kind of transitioned into Tyler Lockett for the Seahawks. Then Danny Amendola was a key factor. But that, those receivers were very productive there last year and the year before. Kenny Galladay was good before he got hurt. Then Marvin Jones really came on here. But Amendola was a key factor at least uh, in the first year with the Lions there. But yeah, the slot can be big, but... I think it's really going to help getting the ball downfield because that's what Bevel was known for, kind of uh, running the ball, then setting up the deeper passing game, try to take advantage of Matthew Stafford's arm to stretch the field there with Galladay and Jones at times. So that's really what they want to do, upgrade that. And, of course, he's going to be blessed with a big arm of Trevor Lawrence to help uh, to that end here. And uh, Lawrence can certainly heave the ball as well as Stafford. So there's that. He gives, gives him the mobility of Russell Wilson. So kind of a nice hybrid here for Bevel to work with to improve the wide receiver production starting in 
front with the quarterback and getting the ball downfield. Now, Tyler Eifert, we thought he could uh, be a bigger factor here. Fully healthy, that was interesting, that he was fully healthy for 15 games. That's a full season for him, given his injury history. 60 targets, but only caught 36 for 349 and two TDs. A lot of wide receiver usage, not much left for the tight end. Surprising here when you have Marone and Gruden, who have the West Coast sensibilities and uh, thinking that was involved. But Darrell Bubble, we know it's been up and down with the tight end. We're, the Seahawks wasn't as big of a factor. With Detroit, last year they adjusted and got TJ Hawkinson involved. So you have Eifert. You also had James O'Shaughnessy, so that was the thing. It was basically a committee there. 28 catches, 262 there. A committee and not a lot of high volume as a wide receiver-focused team. They had a lot of dump-offs to the running backs as well between uh, James Robinson, Dari Ogmanwale, and Chris Thompson. So not a lot left for the tight ends to produce in the passing game. And we'll see if they become a bigger factor than the blockers at this current moment. The Jaguars don't have a lot of juice there, but uh, that definitely could change at that position going forward. I still see it being an 11 personnel wide receiver friendly team here for Lawrence uh, with Robinson getting a lot of the checkdowns there and the shorter passes from uh, one Trevor Lawrence. Now we look at uh, this uh, situation with uh, kicker. It was not very good between uh, what we saw with uh, Aldrich Rosas and Josh Lambo. Lambo 7.0 points per game. Rosas 6.5. So again, the Jaguars offense in general, this is a 1-15 team. Not a lot of scoring there from them. So yeah, they have a lot of ways to improve here and uh, they might have see a change in kicker there. Lambeau's been pretty good when healthy, but we got to move on from there. Now we've been seeing a lot of awful defense special teams of late in our uh, analysis here, but Here's one that's near the bottom as well. 3.6 points per game. The Jaguars 28th, well off the radar. They're going to have to improve a lot in that area. And I think that's going to be maybe Urban Meyer's bigger overhaul here with their coaching staffs that, look, are not bad offensively. They have some pieces to work with. But defensively, I think it's going to be a lot of the focus of the offseason outside of Trevor Lawrence. And uh, we'll break that down for you in full in our final segment here, looking at the Jaguars ample resources to get better, which we also like uh, for any team offensively and defensively. We'll do that in a moment. But first, I got to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. And the improved Built Bar is even delicious, sir, with six new flavors caramel, brownie, cookies, and cream, cherry bar, see, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple, apple almond crisp. That goes wrong with their 12 original flavors. And I got to tell you, I had the German chocolate the other day. I love German chocolate cake. Well, this is a great way to have that. Indulge in a delicious dessert-like treat. Their German chocolate, one of their awesome original flavors that include raspberry, coconut almond, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Yeah, so these are great for a dessert as well and just something to power you through your day during the day as well. All the bars you get from Bill Bar covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging and an absolutely delicious treat. All the bars you get from Bill Bar, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for anyone on a keto diet there. So check it out. Uh, cookies and cream, I mean, that sounds like an ice cream dessert, but in a protein bar, you get 17 grams protein, 130 calories, four grams sugar, only four grams net carbs. That's amazing. And the Bill Bars, you will not want to go anywhere else once you get your mixed box or whatever favorite flavor you have, whatever style Bill Bar, 
you want, uh, you'll be satisfied and it's the only protein bar you'll want going forward. All you have to do to get in on Bilt Bar or get your next box of Bilt Bar is go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BiltBar.com. We'll be right back here to assess the uh, Jaguars' salary cap, free agency, and draft situations for 2021. Okay, it's time uh, to uh, close the show and uh, wrap up our look, transitional look at the Jacksonville Jaguars as they go from 2020 to 2021. But I do have to remind you, Wednesdays on Locked NFL, take a dive into the future of your NFL franchises of choice. Tony Wiggins and James Rapian are joined every week by Locked On Draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh in the league. Did your team have a big rookie performance last season? Are they shaping up to have a premier draft pick in the 2021 draft? Get everything you need Wednesdays on Lockdown NFL. Subscribe to Lockdown NFL wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So the Jaguars, I mean, this is as almost as good as it gets here, folks. Uh, $82 million is their cap space. Yeah, I mean, when you have a cap of around one eighty. Yeah, it's a big chunk of change that the Jaguars can spend here on anything they want here to upgrade. And, uh, well, first we'll have to see where they are, I mean, with what they have. I mean, some free agents for sure for the Jaguars. I mean, you've got to worry about uh, two receivers here. So I expect they'll say goodbye to Keelan Cole and Chris Conley. Will they go back and try to get Allen Robinson back from the Bears? That'll be an interesting thing to watch for sure. So, yeah, I mean, the Jaguars have a lot of power here for sure and to attack. And you also have O'Shaughnessy being a free agent, so they can move on from him and uh, allow Eifert to have a bigger role as a receiver and not have to work in a committee. So there's some potential here. If they say goodbye to uh, some of the uh, key elements, again, they don't have to make any cuts here, so Jaguars are good to go. I mean, they almost need to figure out a way to spend some of this cash here that they have so it's uh quite interesting here uh, they do have to uh look at o'shaughnessy and say okay we already have eifert we don't need to spend money here conley cole and really a westbrook westbrook was such a blip on the radar last year that didn't even talk about him but yeah i think they can move on from these guys that's going to be good for chanel working with shark and whoever they find in the slot to replace cole so and they could bring back Cole. He's relatively bargained. They look could look at Amendola, who played with Bevel last year in Detroit. And he could uh, be a veteran presence they could use on this team, get open for Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, definitely that's a target. Uh, they also have to worry about the offensive line a bit. Cam Robinson, the left tackle. So he should be a priority for a re-sign here. He had a pretty good year. I think he underachieved a little bit. Could they go in a diff- different direction, try to upgrade there? They could, but Robinson's not too bad here that you look at. So you could see some shakeups here that could really tilt this in the favor of Eifert and Chanel being bigger factors with Chark in the passing game for Lawrence here. And you also have Chris Thompson is a free agent. He didn't really do much. We thought he was going to have a bigger role as a receiver with uh, one Leonard Fournette gone, but no, they trusted uh, James Robinson in those situations. So there's no reason to keep Chris Thompson. Remember, he was a favorite of Jay Gruden from Washington. So this new coaching staff, not going to really invest in him I don't think either so 
I'd move on from basically everyone in this offense if I were the Jaguars, except for uh, Robinson. I'd even uh, say goodbye to Mike Glennon and just keep Gardner Minshew as my backup to uh, Lawrence going forward, and it's pretty good. Aldrich Rosas, also a free agent. So, again, Lambeau should be the guy going forward at kicker for them. Defensively, I think uh, they can let a lot of these guys walk. Adam Gotsis, Aaron Lynch, some of these older players that they had in the defense on the back end, Sidney Jones and uh, Josh Jones. So, again, I expect quite a few wholesale changes to the Jaguars, and it's good. Not only do they have $82 million under the cap to really go nuts, they also have 11 draft picks. So Urban Meyer giving some uh, personnel control here under Shad Khan to make all the key decisions here. 11 picks. We know they start off with number one overall. That's going to be Trevor Lawrence. Number 25, where do they go? Do they get some safety help? Do they get some corner help there to try to replace Jalen Ramsey? Do they go edge rusher to help uh, Josh Allen and some of the other pieces they have? Do they go offense and try to add that special receiver? Either Kadarius Toney, you can work the slot and help there. Or do they think that Pat Freermuth is a good value there at tight end and reach a little bit and say, well, look, we need to upgrade there with Eifert. Do they look at offensive line as a replacement here for Robinson and go in that direction, use their funds elsewhere? So a lot of possibilities. Number one and number 25. Then they come in with number 33, the first pick in the second round. Number 45 as well. So good picks here overall. I mean, you have four of the top 45 picks. So Jaguars have a lot of flexibility. We'll have a lot of the spending room. Then they have 65, 97, 129, one. 21, 154, 193, and 214. So a lot of picks for the Jaguars can manipulate up and down the board. They can trade up for 25. There's a player they like skill position-wise, offensively, for the offensive line, for uh, defense, anything they want to do. Urban Meyer has kind of a tabula rasa, a clean slate to go after whoever he wants here and uh, really upgrade uh, the Jaguars overall. So... I love it. The Jaguars have a lot of upside. I'm excited to see what they do. They're going to be a buzzworthy team, just like the Buccaneers were with Tom Brady last year. Jaguars replaced them as the Florida team to watch here in the NFL offseason. We're excited to see what they can do for sure. Jacksonville. All right, so that uh, wraps up uh, this look here at uh, our latest team, the Jacksonville Jaguars 2020 season in review, 2021 offseason preview. That means uh, up next will be the Tennessee Titans. Again, if there's breaking news with stuff, we'll break in with some reaction as we go along in the offseason. But we'll move along, plug along. So our next team up on these uh, series of uh, podcasts will be the Tennessee Titans. So we'll break them down next here to finish up the AFC South. Thanks so much for listening. And if you missed the Texans or Colts podcast, go back and listen to those. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.